0: Hello, and welcome to Birthish, the podcast where everyone's birth story matters.
1: Hello, I'm Tiara,
0: a millennial mom, doula,
1: and lactation specialist.
0: And I'm Jasha, a millennial midwife and women's health advocate.
1: We have joined together to create a space to discuss all things related to birth.
0: This space was also created to educate and allow women to share their stories, Every woman has a journey, and it's so inspiring when women can come together to fellowship and share.
1: Please remember that the information on this show is not medical advice and cannot be used to diagnose or treat any medical conditions.
0: Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at birth.ish. You can also email us at birth.ish, the podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear your feedback. DM us or email us and let us know what topics you would like to hear, what we can do better, or if you would like to be a guest.
1: Now it's time for some birthish.
0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Birthish. We have wished you missed you all so much. Me and Tierra decided to take two weeks off just to do some self-care and to get a mental break. As we all know, the death of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and multiple other people has led to a lot of emotional feelings and has weighed very heavily on our hearts and on the Black community. We have to continue to fight for justice, whether you are protesting, donating, or educating others, and just remember to be safe.
1: I agree, Jason. We have to continue to let our voices be heard, and we just wanted to take the time to thank everyone for your support. Um, Not just with our podcast, you know, but with just on the Instagram feed, you know, engaging with us, talking to us, sending us DMs. Remember, this is not just our podcast, but it's yours too. And we need your stories to share because that's what's going to make it successful and really just give it a true message on, you know, what we're trying to say to the community. With that being said, we have a surprise for everyone today today. Ooh. Today we are finally starting <laughs> our couple series, and that will allow us to hear the birth stories from the father's perspective. And this is in celebration of Father's Day and just overall celebrating Black families. So now is the time to welcome our wonderful guests. Hey, Alexis and Keith. Hi, guys.
2: Hello, ladies.
3: Hello, hello.
1: Thanks We're for so having excited. Us on the show.
0: You guys are honored and featured Birthish members now because you're our first couples. Yes. But you got to set the pace high.
2: Great. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we shall try our best. Right.
0: <laughs> okay. So, um, can you guys just tell us a little bit about how you met? You know, me and Tierra love a good love story.
2: Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's uh black love worthy, <laughs> but oh <my> <laughs> but Keith and I initially met in high school okay. where he was admiring me from afar, you know, <laughs> um, all, um, all these curves and this, these, these silky locks, yeah. <laughs> And then,
1: yes. <laughs> um,
2: you, you know how it goes, we went our separate ways after high school, and then we reconnect, reconnected via Facebook when Facebook became poppin'. Mm-hmm. And we became like best friends, pretty much inseparable, and then one thing led to another, and here we are.
4: But we we started out as really, really close friends first. So we, we didn't like just really jump into a relationship, like we just rekindle our friendship and we we're just hanging out a lot, just hanging out a lot. Like we were just best friends. Couldn't couldn't be away from each other and then just kind of just built built into this, you know? Naturally
0: <laughs> That is a good love story. <laughs> they always say you want to marry your best friend, you know
2: right <laughs> and I, and I did y'all like we don't have any secrets you know how you go into relationships and you you have like all these reservations and all these like things that should I tell him would he right. like love me the same it wasn't like that with Keith and I he like knew he knows like everything all the nooks and crannies and you know my hot girl summer days Yeah, you know all, <laughs> <laughs> you know all
1: about
0: summer. them <laughs>
2: oh that's amazing yeah so um, that's that's truly a blessing
0: yes and can you tell you guys tell us just a little bit about like what you guys do and a little bit about yourselves like separately
2: um well I'm a nurse I'm a labor and delivery nurse um I've been a nurse for about three years but I did like seven years on labor and delivery as a tech, so that's where I fell in love with. Um, and
4: yeah, that's that's what I do. Uh, yes. well, me, I'm i um, I'm pretty much a, a jack of all trades, a master of few. <laughs> um, I pretty much uh, dabble in like technology, comes of like um, internet marketing, websites, web development, artist um, creation, creation, and um, you know, trying to um, just advertisement and things things of that nature. I also do music, um, music production and um so at one point retail management.
2: Wow.
1: Wow. How um, long have you guys been married?
2: Since twenty
4: seventeen. So this will be our third year in September.
0: Wow. Oh. Oh. Happy well happy early anniversary. Yes. Thank you.
2: Thank you.
1: Wonderful. So how many kids do you how many kids do you guys have? Three. 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 Oh <laughs> my was- goodness <laughs> so okay so we guys want you to share you can pick any birth story if you can pick the most recent one if that's the one <laughs> you remember the most vividly or um we just want to know like what happened kind of take us all the way back to the beginning as far as you finding out you're pregnant you finding a provider and just going through that whole process
2: well, um, I want to touch briefly on Christians.
3: Okay.
2: I was, I had, so I worked in a labor and delivery unit while I was pregnant with a Christian who was now seven. He, Keith was driving me to work every day. So sweet. He didn't want me driving to work pregnant.
3: Um, <laughs> and
2: he, it was during the inauguration. I was 33 weeks pregnant and he had just dropped me off. It was July January 21st, mm-hmm. and I I don't know what I did, like laughed really hard because you know I'm goofy, and then my water <laughs> broke, and then I was like, I'm sure this is not pee, and I checked it, and I called him, and I'm like, babe, my, my water broke. He's like, nah, you playing, and I'm like, no. My water broke. And he's like, well, why, why do you sound like that? You don't sound like serious. I'm like, boy, my water broke. It's, I did the nitrazine test. It's positive. So then he he had to drive through the barricades mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my to get goodness. back to the hospital to come. Because I couldn't stay at the hospital I was at because of insurance. Mm. So, so he had to drive through the barricades to come back to get me. And the police pulled him over.
4: The, and, he didn't pull me over. I was following a cop. A cop had his sirens on and I got right behind him, so I was following him like the way he went. Just to get through the traffic, <laughs> and then he went to this one street. And then when he get to got to that one street, he just like slammed on brakes, and he got out the car. And he was like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "I'm oh, going to the hospital." He was like, "Well, this street's blocked off. You got to go the other way." I was like, "Well, my wife's water just broke. She's at um she's at um Georgetown Hospital. And I'm just trying to get there." He was like, "Oh, you could take this street." So he told me to just take the street and then make a right, and then that's when I just bypassed a lot more of the traffic, and just ended up getting there and uh, got her and picked her up.
2: Wow. So that was a little That's dramatic. dramatic.
4: Yeah, but the thing was, she, she when she called me saying her water broke, she was just like very nonchalant. She's like, yeah my water just broke. Um, you might have to come get me." And I'm like, "Um, okay." I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, she's going to labor and delivery unit. Like, her water broke. Give her a bid and then you know, she'd be all right. And she's like, "Well, uh, they said something about my insurance. Um, I can't be seen here, so you got to come pick me up when we have to go to um, Holy Cross." So I'm like, "What?" <laughs>
2: So wow. through all that traffic, we had to go the very longest way, mm-hmm. like around the back, past American University, just to get to um Silver Spring mm-hmm. from oh downtown God. DC. Oh
0: my <laughs> goodness. That is crazy.
2: That that was so Christian was born at 34 weeks and that was actually a pretty um a pretty good experience. I mean, I know that my water broke early, but all in all, it, it was a pretty good experience. Yeah, I
4: think so, too. Awesome. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
4: Because we were there about five days before she actually like, went to like labor labor to start pushing.
2: Which was actually funny because I was like, I got up that morning in the hospital. I went to go. To, I was like, oh, I got to poop. Oh, wait. Something ain't right, babe. Something ain't right. I, I, I got on the couch next to him and said an Indian style. He was like, I knew something went right when you said an Indian style. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And
2: then, like twenty four hours, Christian came. Yep. Oh wow, wow,
0: that's a memorable story, definitely. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, with the most recent one with Cameron, that pregnancy we were kind of like walking on eggshells because we wasn't sure if the same thing was going to happen.
3: Mm-hmm. But
2: <laughs> um, I actually went all the way to full term mm-hmm. with him. Um, And the way we chose the provider is just because I trust the providers that I work with Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to see the high risk doctors there. So that's how we ended up choosing um, MFA um, for this pregnancy. Um, They they did they did things um, proactively to to make sure that my pregnancy was sustained. So um, that's why we really chose them because they were like on it. And, um, what else?
4: Well, as far as
2: the providers? Yeah, that's really it, right? Yeah. So that's really why we chose them. We know them. I knew, like, I know them, I I trusted them. So that's really why we went with them. Mm
0: -hmm. And then, um, Alexis, I know like your, your pregnancy was considered like high risk. Can you like tell our listeners a little bit more about that and how you felt and got through that process?
2: yeah um it was high risk just really because i had had a um preterm delivery before i had a 22 week loss um wow. so and then i had preeclampsia with the first pregnancy um so they they deemed it high risk so i had to be with the um the high risk doctors but i kind of just took it day by day like I think mm-hmm. that sometimes I was a little like paranoid mm-hmm. but <clears throat> I tried not to let that paranoia um, overcome me and I just took it day by day and I put it all in God's hands and I was like well whatever it's going to be it's going to be and he took me all the way to 40 weeks so wow yes
0: we was praying over that baby
2: yeah every day Jason, you know I was like <laughs> oh my gosh, what if my water breaks? What I was if this like, happens? Girl,
0: we're just not thinking about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be positive, and everything's gonna be great.
2: Yeah, and and it, and it and the pregnancy turned out turned out good. Mm-hmm. I didn't gain too much weight. Like I did, I did much better in this pregnancy. the The challenges, I believe, came after the pregnancy, um, and actually during the labor part. Mm-hmm. Um, yes we're gonna yeah. get
0: all into that
2: yeah mm.
0: so well let's go back so from the beginning with um cam like can you guys tell us like how that started like did your water break were you induced like how'd you guys like how that um experience start
2: so i think keith read online about some pressure points how did you find out about those pressure tell me about. <laughs> it. sorry because uh-huh. we got uh,
4: got to a point where alexa was like i'm ready to have a baby like <laughs> the doctor said that she could have it any, anytime and the baby would be healthy so she can start, you know, basically having it anytime and it, everything would be okay. So she was just ready, like, okay, yeah, we're going to try range. some indu- in, induction methods. So we, right. uh, she looked online and found these, like, ac- acupuncture um, methods <laughs> to, like, um, start, like, um, uterine in- contractions and things like that to start to try to induce labor. So I looked and read it online and then we did a couple at night. And you know, I did a, just did a couple rounds of it, and then that morning around like six o'clock in the morning, her water broke. Wow!
0: Well, I learned about the, hear about these pressure points.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think it was gonna work. I was just doing just this, this, just this support. I was like, let me just do these pressure points. But yeah, it, it, either it was time for the water break, or it actually, right,
3: it actually right, happened, you know, actually
2: worked. Yes, y'all. I was tired. That, that baby was, like, in my lungs. I was like, I can't sleep.
4: Right. She was peeing every 15, 20 minutes.
2: I, I couldn't get no sleep because I was I just, like, kept going. I was like, oh, my gosh. Boy, it's time for you to come. We, we ready for you. Give me my body back. I need my lungs back. I want some sleep. Yeah. So then that morning, I went to the bathroom and i was like hmm that 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 felt weird that didn't feel like it came out of that that hole right down, i said i said keith i think my water broke and then he's like hmm and then he smelled like the, the amniotic fluid he was like mm-hmm, i was like yep, yep, mm, yep, mm, yep that's it, that's,
4: that's, the
3: water, that's, it. it. <laughs> that's
4: it it just took me back to Christian. i was like
3: yep that's it oh my goodness. <laughs> the water broke <laughs>
4: And then, another, and then ironically, she had another nonchalant experience with that water break. Because I'm thinking, like, okay, this is the time. Like, I'm about to get ready, put my clothes on, about to get her in the room. She comes out the bathroom. She's like, I'm just going to take, take a nap. We don't have to go right now. I'm going <laughs> to lay down and take a nap because it's early. We can go later. And they didn't really have any beds either. They're busy. So I'm just going to take a nap. I'm like, What?
2: <laughs> <laughs> he was waiting for that home alone panic experience. Right.
4: right. Like grab the bag and get in the, the dog. Let's get in the car, let's some red lights.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, so but he didn't get that. I was like, I'm just gonna take a nap.
4: Yeah, so she took a nap and waited for a bed to be ready. I think we left at like what, like 10 or 11 o'clock after sister. So it was like we waited for like another three to four hours before we actually left to go to the hospital.
0: Okay, wow.
4: so it's different from last time. Yeah, much different. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. And then um, so what happened once you guys got there? Like, were you dilated or contracting regularly or
2: girl, no, I was so disappointed. I was yeah. two centimeters. I was like <sighs> Wow. <laughs> and then you know, because I, I'm technically a towacker, but you know, mm-hmm. which is a child of labor. After cesarean, which places me at like a you know high risk for things, so I and then since my water is broken, I couldn't do like a mechanical um, induction or miso because of the toe lacking so I had mm-hmm. to go straight to pitocin, and mm. my bishop score was low, so I I know that knowing these things and. In that moment, I was like, man, like, I don't know now what's going to happen. I'm just going to, I'm just going to relinquish my, right. my, my, no, like me being a provider, me being a nurse and knowing things, I'm going to relinquish that and just let them take care of me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to try to nurse myself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was about to say the experience is always, I feel like different when you're an actual provider and know like all the yes. things and all yeah. the things and stuff. Yeah. So, Yeah. It's hard to, it's like you trying to, try to like, okay, well, I know this might happen or this, but I like how you say you are just going to let them, you know, like be a patient and try to let them like do their jobs and stuff. Yeah. You
2: know? Yeah. So I just went straight to Pitocin. And, um, once that started, the cause the con- I was contracting before the Pitocin, probably like every 10 minutes though. So. Mm-hmm. so, you know, not adequate. <laughs> um, <laughs> But when they started the Pitocin, who oh, they yeah. definitely started to to pick up and um, Keith was there and my, my best friends were there. They were really supportive. And I was, I think that I was doing great and mm-hmm. I was getting a lot of feedback from Keith. He was super supportive, like he was a doula. Aww. <laughs> um just giving me all those like positive reinforcements. You got this, babe. You're doing so great. You're so strong, those kind of things. And that was, that was really empowering. But then like after a certain point, they were becoming so strong and it had been hours and Mm -hmm. hours and hours. And I was like, I really, I just really want to see where I am. And when I Got checked and I had only went a centimeter. After those hours, I was like, I don't know how much more I can take. Right. And I really wanted to try to do this unmedicated delivery. And Keith, that's when Keith chimed in and was like, "This is not a bad thing.
3: Mm-hmm. Like
2: you, you are super strong. You did this. This is not a defeat. This is not a failure." Like he was just really like supportive. It made me feel less bad about getting
4: the epidural. Yeah. And Keith, it was like what almost, it was like twelve hours, like without. She went about twelve hours without that, epidural. girl. Wow. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, Keith, kind of like, what were you experiencing during this time? Like, what do you remember? Like during the, before, like just during the labor period.
4: Um, I just remember a lot of just being anxious and you know, um, semi-excited, but I was kind of worried too because at a certain point, she was like in really a lot of pain, but she was just really trying to push through. And really not trying to get that epidural, but she's really doing a great job. But um, it was like you know, it was it was, it was pretty serious at at, at, at some points. Um, and I would just I would just ready to have baby come out because I was like I just hated seeing her in so much pain for so long, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well And you and Keith, you kind of already. I mean, Alexis, you kind of mentioned how Keith was very supportive as far as like giving you affirmations, giving you the support you needed, like being your doula. Um, and I was gonna say, Keith, what did you admire most about Alexis during that time?
4: Just her getting through it. The the, the strength she had, you know, the just and, and the and the confidence in herself, you know, she had a yeah. lot a lot of confidence in herself. Like she could she can get through this. She gonna push this baby out. I'm not getting no epidural. I'm not having no C section. This is gonna happen and just pushing through like and I'm talking about we were there like what, was t- two days. Three Th- well, three days. And this is like <laughs> our heart like labor. Yeah. I'm talking about labor, mm-hmm. three contractions over and over, but like for three days straight. And I did I didn't even sleep. I didn't sleep. I didn't I didn't wanna sleep. I just wanted I wanted her to get through the pain. I wanted the baby to come out. And so I just really admire her her strength and her the, the compassion and then and, and everything that she she did to persevere through that. Because that that was that was just it was amazing but it was kind of just hard to watch but it was just amazing to see mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. so and did the epidural help yeah i thought you say.
2: it it did um initially until i started to get like a window of pain where mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. wasn't working
4: mm-hmm.
2: um to the point where I was like, oh my gosh, I, I started to get nervous because I was having like that pain that we ask our patients about.
4: I oh. thought that I was
2: having a uterine rupture because it was so bad. Mm-hmm. And then I wanna and since we're on that that pain part, I wanna talk about how you know how we, we know that there there are um there's a disconnect between black patients and the providers. Yeah. How yeah. they don't listen to us. I In that moment, like thinking, like thinking back about it in that moment, me being separated from being a provider and being a patient, I felt that
3: mm-hmm. I
2: kept saying, I am having pain. Mm-hmm. And my nurse at the time made me so upset, y'all. She was like, but you're not even contracting. Mm-hmm. not not she did not like even place her hands on my belly to even feel whether or not I was contracting. right at mm-hmm. this point I had an um an IUPC that's a, a catheter that goes in to monitor how strong your contractions are and when you're having them and it could it, I think it slipped out so she was basing it on what the computer was telling her and not mm-hmm. what I was telling her
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
4: And I think the doctor came in and adjusted that I guess that device that was in there. Then we started actually picking them up. So the, when she was watching the monitor, it wasn't showing anything. She was watching right. the monitor,
3: mm. thinking
4: like, oh, I'm not seeing anything. Not knowing, you know, or thinking about, let's check and see if these the, uh, monitors are actually picking up a signal. She didn't even, you know, didn't even check that. So it was, yeah. was kind of really, like, kind of discouraging to actually go through that. So yeah. that,
2: that's really real. And I'm now able to, like speak to that Mm -hmm. and that we should be listening to 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 our patients when they're telling us we're like I'm in pain just because I'm black doesn't mean I can't handle it or I'm lying about my pain right you -hmm. know what I mean it's 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 really really real Mm -hmm.
0: yeah that's so glad you
2: touched on that
0: yes that's a really good example because it's like And a lot of times I always say, we have these computers and stuff, but you have to listen to your patient. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, it's going to be what the patient is saying. And you can't just, like, brush it off. And, like, yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up, too.
2: Yeah, girl. It was, I was, like, and then at that point, I just started to, like, kind of lose control. And Mm -hmm. I was, but I was able to vocalize that. I was Mm -hmm. telling Keith like babe i'm I'm losing my center, I'm losing control i i'm 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 not in control of this anymore, mm-hmm. and he did like a really good job trying to keep me like down to you know to earth to find my core and just kind of um, stay calm in the situation, even though it was really hard to.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and then I can also sense that he was getting frustrated because here I am complaining of the pain and the nurse is gone and not right. coming back, like, you know but then yeah. he was also trying to be respectful of the nurse and not go off
4: on her, you know so, mm-hmm. cause I would turn the, she wasn't even coming doing the turns so I was turning Alexis, readjusting them, the little peanut thing between her legs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I was trying to do my best to, you know, get through it yeah wow. yeah
0: yeah. Okay, and then can you guys continue to tell us what happened after like as far as the delivery and all that stuff?
2: Yeah, so um prior to receiving to getting that care from that nurse, I had I had a couple of different nurses, really awesome. We did all the things like side line release, mm-hmm. bigger peanut balls, and I eventually got to seven centimeters, but then um When the shift changed, it's kind of just slow. That's when my experience went from, you know, good to like not good.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And I, my, um, they said my cervix was swollen and I just wasn't progressing anymore. And at this point, I was just like tired. It had been days and they were like, we should just go ahead and move forward with doing a C-section. And, you know, I cried about it. We talked about it. And I just was like, okay. And then we just we just did it. So mm-hmm. we had Cameron via C section.
4: And tell about the about the C section because you had whoops when you had all that blood loss. Oh, when
2: I, I had a postpartum hemorrhage, so I was oh, no. actively bleeding because mm-hmm. I was on pitocin for two two and a half three days, and I even mm-hmm. got up to thirty. Took a pit took a pitocin break, um, and then went back up to thirty um million units of pitocin so that in- that really increased my risk for bleeding um so i had about a two liter loss yeah. wow
4: mm. and i'm thinking it's all normal like i'm seeing them got these big old tiles of gauze and they like put them in these sacks i'm like oh, i guess this is how it goes down yeah. because this is the first time i've ever been in a c-section like actually being there like I'm thinking there's all right. moments like 14 people in the room. I'm like, all right, like is this was? And then it was like, no, she had like a hemorrhage and. All others, I'm like, oh my, oh my god. Yeah,
2: they threw yeah. everything at me except the kitchen sink, which mm-hmm. was the mass transfusion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, um, she kept
4: saying she was she was dying. She I was felt like, I really dying. did
2: feel like that. Yeah. I felt I felt like mm-hmm. I felt like my soul about to leave my body. I was mm-hmm. like, Oh my
3: goodness. Yeah, wow. I really felt
2: like that way. And the, the fact that Keith didn't know like what was happening and what was going on, and he has like these feelings, like he's a little nervous that the that no one talked to him and said well Mm. obviously the people performing the surgery couldn't talk to him because they were trying to get him right but just like the various nurses that were in the room that didn't say Keith are you okay this is what's happening we'll talk to you more afterwards none of that.
4: The only interaction I really had was um with the anesthesiologist. So give you me know, holding the bag for your throat and stuff like that and it's like, you know, stay there with her and all this other stuff and she would be all right. And then the nurse that gave me the baby and was like, Here you can handle the baby and then she said you come and like while she did like the monitoring and stuff like that, I could stay in there and watch and things like that. But I was like, I'm gonna go back over here with, with my wife and sit here and make sure she's good. I'm pretty sure right. y'all can handle the baby, you know.
2: Right,
1: right. Yeah.
4: But that was the <laughs> only type of interaction I really had inside of the room.
2: Yeah. And I think that he's really traumatized by that cuz I was like, "Baby, want to have another baby?" He was like, "No. No." <laughs>
4: <laughs> no. <laughs>
2: yeah. See, that's yeah. one of the things we don't always think about. It's not it's it, I mean, of course as women, we are the ones going through it, mm-hmm. but like our partners are also going through it as well, right. and they they kind of need that support too, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I felt like he didn't really get that at the time where it was like really important for him to like know what was going on you know yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: I just really like how you guys were like very supportive of each other and how like Keith you really remember like you remembered the hemorrhage like you remembered all of those details and Mm -hmm. you know stuff Mm -hmm. like that so that's really really cool yeah that was a lot that was it definitely it. Was. Oh definitely my god, goodness! And you guys both like made it through, and I'm so happy that it all worked out, and you're healthy. And oh my gosh, Tiara, her baby is like the cutest.
1: Oh, <laughs> I have to see a picture. He is
2: so cute. I have to see a picture. He he there is there. he is super cute. I, oh I'll god. send you guys um a picture. Yes. Yeah,
0: send me it, and I'll send it to uh Yes. Oh, actually I have a picture of him. We we took selfies together. I'm so. about to say,
1: Jason, I know you got a picture of that baby somewhere. <laughs> we took <laughs> <did> selfies <laughs> together. So, so <laughs> um, how did um how did like okay, so you had the hemorrhage. Um how did like the initial, I know, trust me, I had a C section, so I know how that goes, but how did the initial like postpartum period go after um you know, you kind of stabilized, and things started. You know, the reality of life started kicking back in when you had to go back home, and things like that.
4: Oh, reality hit so me. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> we, we got home and everything was good, right? It was it, everything was all right. And then um, I think it was like after the first day, Alexa started getting these headaches, and I was mm-hmm. super and she was, was just and she was really swollen. Legs like, like just really swollen, really swollen. And was thinking that it would kind of, you know, reside, but um, she just kept getting these real, real bad headaches and things like that. And then um, I took her blood pressure, and mm-hmm. I haven't taken like manual blood pressure in like a while. And I'm like, okay, it, it seemed a bit high, so I didn't say, it, I ain't say anything. So I was like, let me try to do it again. Let me have mess <laughs> up. So I took it again, and I was like, this joint like one, it's like one sixty over like 110, something like that. I was like, is that right? She was like, it's high. And I was like, and she said she probably about to have what a, cl- a clampsure, right? Yeah. And right. then that's when I was like, well, we got we got to get up out of here. Mm-hmm. I said we got we got. You know
2: what I said though.
4: What? About I'm just gonna take a nap. Yeah, she said she's gonna take a nap. <laughs> no,
2: you're nap, not. She tied,
4: she tied, <laughs> take a nap before we go because she's taking a nap. I was like, nah. no.
2: He no. said no. <laughs> we you ain't come. taking no nap.
4: <laughs> no, no.
2: Yes, so yes. by the
4: time we get to the hospital, they take our blood pressure again. Now it's like 180 over 120, son. So it was, it was skyrocketing. So they had to oh give them what they give you. They gave me um, procardia mm-hmm. and
2: um, I think maybe Hydralazine. Yeah. Um,
4: no, levetir. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this was, and this is like maybe. Three, three or four days before Christmas, something like that. Wow. Yeah. wow! yeah, so she had to stay in there for forty-eight hours so they could monitor, and it was like you could possibly go home if you, if your levels stay consistent, you can possibly go home and be home by by Christmas. So do we were kind of anxious magnesium? about that too. Yeah,
2: I did have to go on magnesium. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh um, no! Yeah, that was that was uh. the that was the worst yeah yeah but they gave me some good old fear set that's some good stuff for a headache (laughs) y'all that's why, like especially so before I would be like oh let me get you some Tylenol so since being back at work and I have these magnesium patients you know what to get I know what to do I'm calling I'm on the doctor's line I'm like y'all know Tylenol ain't gonna work come on can we give her some fear set let's (laughs) give her the good stuff so I, I'm already, like, advocating for that because Tylenol is not going to take, take care of that headache. Um, but, yeah, I, I had to go on magnesium. Some That's some messy stuff. But I didn't have to stay on it for long. My blood pressure started to to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to, after discharge, I did have to go on um, nathetapine for about a month. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to take it by mouth and eventually my blood pressure started to come down but it takes some time because i think some days i made like i went to the doctor about 2 weeks ago and my blood pressure was like 140 over something but I was I wasn't too concerned. They the the doctor was telling me it takes some time for your blood pressures to kind of just normalize because mm-hmm. I'm off the blood pressure medications, and they have been better since. So I still um, monitor my blood pressures at home every now and again, and they've been totally fine. That's wow! Good. But that's wow. also wow, something Keith. that we yes, should look out to for our postpartum. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Yes,
0: Keith was like, "You are Keith going did right it." Now. He yes. did.
4: Yeah. <laughs> right, I
3: tried.
4: was <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, like, return. ain't no
0: naps.
2: Let's you go. <laughs> <turn with Alexis.
1: laughs>
4: uh-huh. Yeah,
2: um. the doctor's signal was like, just like a, a labor and delivery nurse, I'm just going to sleep off my pre Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll,
0: it'll go away. You no. Know. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah I really just yeah. I just knew but I knew it's because I knew that they were gonna I knew I knew what it was I was yeah. just trying to like no this is not this is not it it's I I, I don't have it I didn't have it with Why? the last one I don't have it now and I was like I was just trying to, I think I was in denial and trying mm-hmm. to just be like Mm-mm, no rebuking it but it, was, <laughs> but it was and um he was like no we're not playing with this let's go so I am very um, grateful for, for that. And cause who knows? I mean, I know that I would have eventually went, but like. Yeah, but mm-hmm. you was, it was
4: skyrocketing. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you went in a good time and everything was settled and you're doing so much better.
2: Yeah.
0: You know? I'm so happy. And I'm glad you, you know, like
1: you said, even though it sucked suck that you had to go through it. It helped you to become a better provider and advocate. Uh-huh. Yeah. For patients as yeah, well. absolutely. So that's good.
0: Okay. And then um I guess like how did you guys keep yourself like spiritually and emotionally well like during the birth experience? Cause I know a lot of people like during you know labor just like to have like some advice about like what to do or like new parents may want to know like what you guys did that helped you get through all of this, you know,
2: um, I think that it was the support that we had for each other,
0: mhm-
2: mm-hmm. that we we kind of like you know just kept each other afloat we we leaned on each other really heavily, mm-hmm. like I think that's what it was,. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, and it's just tricky. trying to just really trying to stay positive and and think about you know we about to have a baby and then you know it's a blessing and things like that. It's looking looking at the positive outcome and trying trying to just really stay optimistic, you know.
2: Yeah. yeah, and it was a lot different this time too because with yeah. Christian since it had been so long, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> we it, and we were tired and sleep deprived, so we were like at each other's throats. But this time, yeah, we we like we actually prepared and we talked about like, all right, so you'll nap this time. I'll nap this time. You'll have space, you know, things like that. Um, And we did things and we kind of just did things together. You know, he would take the baby. He takes the baby like a lot for me. Um, And then we kind of just trade off like that. You get some sleep. Now it's my turn. Mm -hmm. And I think that like for new parents too, if they kind of plan before because they don't know what's ahead of them, they if you kinda if they kind of just do some research, talk to other people, I know everybody's experience is different, but the main thing is that babies will take away your sleep. Mm-hmm. Wow. So <laughs> if you take time, like if you just make a plan, then I think and just kind of lean on each other, then you you can pretty much
4: get through it. Yeah. I think that's yeah. a that's a really key thing. is just the, the sleep portion. Like you're gonna be up. You gotta understand you're gonna be up and you both of you are gonna be sleep deprived. And being sleep deprived changed your attitude, changed your, It's your is very emotional. So you can kind of sometimes be in each other's necks if you don't really understand why you're acting this way. Mm-hmm. So you gotta just be ready for that. You know, every like you know, every baby's different, but that part is pretty much the same because it was like that with Christian. And it was like that with Cam, as far as, you know, just the, the sleep part. But they're up every two hours. You know, it's it's just you got to just be ready for that for that part of it and understand that, you know, when, you know, heightened emotions happen, understand that you, you, you're you sleep deprived and you have a baby. And the, the, the important part is trying to try take care of that baby and then take care of each other too.
2: Yeah, because we, right. we, we, we were able to, like, localize our feelings instead of keeping them bottled in. Mm-hmm. Like I would be like, babe, I am tired. I I really need a nap. I'm mm-hmm. getting like overwhelmed, and him actually hearing that and acting on it, mm-hmm. you know. So those those things kind of help us helped us to get through through the the early part of bringing um, Cameron home.
0: Yeah, yeah. I like I like the piece of you said like communicating because I feel like sometimes as cup like in relationships is just like when you're a new mom it's like okay what what do I need like my spouse to do or how can I get like get them to help me so especially like when you're a mom you're breastfeeding and doing that kind of stuff like just um ways that you're that you can communicate with your partner and I guess some I thought it would be good to talk about like um what you like like that Keith helps you with and stuff like that so maybe other partners will know like some things that may be Mm -hmm. helpful because sometimes dad can feel like well you you do the breastfeeding like what can I like how can I be more supportive you know
2: mm-hmm. oh my gosh I so because I had the preclampsia I was extremely swollen mm-hmm. so I had such a hard time I had the I had the colostrum I had tons of it I had the milk it was there I just had um, a struggle getting him to latch onto these really swollen edematous breasts mm-hmm. but i really wanted to get him to latch and want to get him used to just having a bottle so um keith was really supportive in that way where he would be there with me just kind of on standby while mm-hmm. i tried to get the baby to latch on like not really saying you should do it this way you should do it that way try this try that right but just being present yeah. And then just in case he because you know we this baby needs to eat so then he'll you know be like do you want me to you want to keep trying or do you want me to get a bottle for him and then like knowing that cue and i'll be like well let's just do a bottle and then he always fed him he never like let me give him the bottle because he wanted we didn't want cameron to associate me to the bottle um right we wanted him to know that you come to me to breastfeed you go to daddy for the bottle Mm -hmm. and then when I would pump so he would feed him and then I would pump and then he would give him back to me so that I can do the skin to skin and he would go wash my pump parts which was great put the milk away which was great got got went and got like um breast milk bags for me he just those are the ways that you can support Mm -hmm. Mm kind of not telling her what she should and shouldn't do Mm-hmm. Or you know, because like it, I think with um with <laughs> when we had Christian, it that was definitely a learning experience for Keith because he, I had a I had a struggle breastfeeding then too, and he was like, just give him the bottle, and that was like <laughs> so, that was that would hurt my feelings so yeah. so yeah. much. So this time he didn't like he didn't do any of that, and it was genuine. You know, he's like, well, I don't want to overwhelm her i know it's hard for her right now i'm trying to breastfeed this baby he's not latching so let me be here and just present if she needs
4: me mm-hmm. right yeah. yeah
0: yeah keith did you want to add anything to
4: that um that's that's pretty, pretty much it you know yeah okay. and then yeah just just trying to just pick pick up on certain things too also because I, I know i started doing a lot of a lot of cooking. Things like oh, that. Oh yeah, all the, so I did, I mm-hmm. all the cooking. I was all the cooking. I was every day because <laughs> I was like, all right, she breastfeeding today. She got the baby, so I ain't gotta worry about that. So let me, you know, let me do this. So right. just kind of pick, picking up on those things where she can't pick up on it. So it's like kind of, you know, having each other's back. You know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That was amazing, you guys.
4: You are I think a great you, team. You guys
0: set the bar high. You really did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <great>. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: Uh, I guess we could transition to our educational tip or topic for this week. Um, Jasha, did you want to kind of introduce it to the audience?
0: Sure. Um, so this week we wanted to just talk about um, racial disparities in childbirth. And I just thought it would be a good thing since we all know everything that's going on in the world, as far as like addressing disparities among Black people and all that's happening. And um, Alexis kind of like you know mentioned it earlier in her story when she was telling about how she wasn't listened to as a black person or a black woman so I like just wanted to like talk to you guys and like you know just get some of our opinions about what we've encountered or what we've seen um, you know just to like keep the dialect open a little bit so for me I would just say um, as a midwife like most people already know that like the maternal mortality rate is like higher meaning more black women die in labor Mm -hmm. and so like i have posted actually posted something on my instagram and i was just saying because i was um in a group and it's like a lot of people think it's because oh they don't well she didn't get prenatal care or she didn't like she's not that educated or she like maybe um doesn't make as much money but it, it never really has to do with that like mm-hmm. it's not like based on your economic status or based on like how much um education you have and things like that because we've seen like celebrities talk about the same thing yeah right. and they have money and they have like education so it's like still the racial like racism and oppression even if like it trickles down to every little thing it's not just black men getting killed but it's like our our birth our birth experiences and it's like just you know full circle you know mm-hmm. yeah so it's just like you know and i just wanted to like bring that up because people be like well how does what does birth got to do with like you know george floyd and i'm like what doesn't it have to do with
1: it? right yeah <laughs> So, yeah. I think Um, that's good. Um, I I really, I mean, I think it's more heightened right now with just everything that's, you know, going on. But we know that it's been a problem, like, (laughs) for decades. You know, the racism and abuse that Black people face in healthcare. And even when I, you know, go into, like, marketing my business and things like that. Of course, you want to be inclusive to everyone, but I think my model will always be, you know, specifically for Black women and Black families, just because I know what we have to face, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Inside Mm -hmm. those rooms, like, and it doesn't matter, um, like Alexis said, it doesn't matter that you're a nurse or a lactation consultant, like, in that moment you're a, you can even be a doctor in that moment. You're a patient and you're in this system that, you know, Black people have to, to deal with. So I think, I don't know if you guys have seen like the images, you know, going around with the Black Lives Matter movement of pregnant women actually, Mm -hmm. you know, holding different signs. And uh, it made me think about like, Of course, we think about, you know, Black Lives Matter with knowing that, okay, we're giving birth to these Black sons who were birthing into this crazy world. But we don't really think about the mothers who have to carry children and the weathering, like, Mm -hmm. emotionally that we have to take as women while we're carrying children to have that fear that I already have to give birth during a pandemic <laughs> now right in on top of that I'm I'm seeing all these images of you know black people getting murdered and things like that. So it's really changed the way that I've even given more attention to the clients I have now like emotionally like to just make sure they're okay and kind of check in with them to see how they're dealing emotionally with everything that goes on because it's nothing that we can ignore. I mean, it happens to literally everyone. Like you said, Jason, celebrities, yeah, politicians, Absolutely. like it happens to everybody. So I would be happy to hear more of um, Keith and Alexa's thoughts on, especially Keith, you know, how you feel about it. And just as, you know, a husband to a Black woman and a father to Black sons, like how do you Feel like you handle everything emotionally and what do you see you know as far as with alexis getting care um in the hospital
4: um well for me personally um it's it's just horrible that we have to go through this and it becomes a, a point where it's like what how much more can you teach to you know to our kids you know as far as when it comes to how, how to navigate these streets and how mm-hmm. to navigate life when there's just all this injustice going on, you know. And I just think we have to come up with like a better system as far as um, teaching our kids. But we don't really don't want we really don't want to teach too much because we don't want to be oppressed and we, we don't want to mm-hmm. we don't want to be you know limited to to, mm-hmm. our, to our to to who we are. So it's it's kind of a um a rocky situation. And I noticed a lot of things, but also with Alexis and her job as far as her being like kind of mistreated and kind of being overlooked as far as her opportunities at work and things mm-hmm. like that and you know it's, it's, it's really real you know um ra- racism is real and and you know prejudices are real and things things of that nature and it's you know it's it's, it's rough you know I, re- I wish I had a lot more answers I I, re- I really don't but um just I'm just trying to s- really stay aware of what's really going on so I can better be suited for things coming my way and kind of you know you know compare myself yeah prepare
0: my kids. yeah mm-hmm. and that's why we also wanted to kind of do um you know a couple series because we think it's like really great to, to share the you know the father's experiences too because you know in birth journeys it's the mom but too but it's like always we always want to make sure that we have the opportunity to celebrate our black fathers because you know it's like very stereotyped about you know like black fathers are not like in their children's lives and things mm-hmm. like that um and so we we're glad that we were able to talk to you guys about this and and this is like a little bit off but like I feel like it like even goes back to like like even the slavery days like when like you know families were separated like the father would be out in the fields you know working and then like mm-hmm the 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 mothers will have to be like in the house or away from them and I don't know I just feel like that even started like the just the separation between like you know our our like I guess our community is just known for like a lot of fathers not being involved and things like that not like that's an excuse but I just feel like it kind of stems down from that as well like it's just mm-hmm. I don't know I just yeah we're, like
2: I think cuz we're as strong We are as strong as our family ties. And I think that that's something that they learned early, that if they take the Black man out of the home, Mm -hmm. that it's much more easy to control
4: Mm -hmm. control
2: us. Mm -hmm. And then it just never, the cycle never broke. Mm -hmm. So it just continued on. The Black, the fathers not being in the home, not because they don't want to, but because they were sold off or they had to escape and could never get back. And then it just continued century after century or whatever, and they're just not in the homes, which is why it's important for them to be in the homes. And then when they are in the homes, like when you think about people like George Floyd or the one that just recently was murdered at Wendy's, Richard, they say he had three children or four children. Mm-hmm. So they they I think that that is a part of their their tactic is to take mm-hmm. take our black men from us mm-hmm.
4: and they mm-hmm. get the black women and the the kids left over dependent on the system
2: right yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: yeah yeah
2: it's it's just it's it's all it's all a part of their system and I and. I feel like it, it's, it has taken so long for us to kind of just wake up and see. I'm, I'm actually really proud of the things that we are doing today. I know people are upset about the looting and the rioting, but, like, who cares? Right. Who cares? Right. I'm, 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 I'm here to say it. I don't care about it. I don't care about a target. I care about the, the lives of my son, the lives of my husband. Right. The, I care about George. I don't know him personally, but I care about his life. He has kids. Mm-hmm. Who loved him?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You can rebuild the target, but you can't get these lives back. Exactly.
0: That's so true. Yeah, this, it's just every, I feel like it's just a heavy topic, you know? But um just to be on a positive note, I really appreciate you guys coming on here and being with us. Thank like you um so your much. story was I learned so much more about you guys and just like Thank I you. really admire your perseverance and how like you support each other. And you know, whenever my man comes, you know, I sure. <laughs> <come>. <laughs> <laughs> But I do really admire you guys and I really look up to your relationship. It's really inspiring.
2: Oh, thank, thank you, you. thank, yes. you, thank you, you guys and and your man is being molded for you right. Yes, you, 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 a, you a Virgo girl we come we, we, we come from an analytical point of view like we we got questions <laughs> yeah. we're very particular about <laughs> who so he knows this God knows this has to be a strong man yes before he <laughs> stepped to <laughs> your door
0: right, <laughs> right. <laughs> well, um uh, oh, go ahead.
2: I was gonna I know this is like back I'm I'm a little bit but about the breastfeeding. One mm-hmm. thing I wanted to to throw out there is because people think that it's so easy and it's mm-hmm. not and I wanna like toss out that illusion that it's it's oh it's breastfeeding, you just pop them on like the Madonna, you put them in this hole and they just slap <laughs> right on. That's not the case. It's very hard. But I got through by the four Ps practice patience persistence and perseverance and you will have a baby that is latched on and stuck to you until you in forever not forever but that. you know huh i
0: said i love the four p's yeah
2: yeah yes. if you just keep it, breastfeeding is an art form it, it doesn't just happen it just it takes time so if you just maintain those four p's it, it can be great
0: wonderful That's thank for you for know. sharing that mm-hmm okay so we want to just say thanks everyone for tuning into birth if we sorry we had that little break but we hope everybody has been able to get their self-care and um, take time for themselves um, please remember to you can follow us on facebook follow our instagram at birth.ish Um, And, you know, if you would would like to be featured, if you're a couple and would like to be featured on our podcast for this series, you can write in our DM. And you can also email us at birth.ishthepodcast at gmail.com.
1: Yes. And I want to thank you again, Alexis and Keith, for sharing
0: with us.
1: It was so great to hear your story. And to everyone listening, remember that birth is your own journey and continue to grow and flourish each day.
0: And until next time, what do we say, everyone? Stay on your birthday. Bye. <laughs> Bye. 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 Thank you. Thank we you. bless. Bye.